Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Joshua Shaw audio experience. Firstly, thank you for giving me a bit of your attention. I'm honored you trusted me with it, and I promise to return the favor by giving you a ton of edutainment value back. In my newest podcast episode, I'll explain why G Fuel used certain descriptive language when announcing its latest investment deal and what it could mean for its future. But before we get started, I would love if you took 56 seconds out of your day to leave a rating or review on whichever podcasting platform you're currently listening to. This helps me out immensely in terms of extending the reach of my podcast, but more importantly, allows me to make improvements based on your feedback. Thank you again. Now enjoy my newest podcast episode. G Fuel decided to invite the Suits into its Cool Kids Club. Will this result in a similar Face Clan-like collapse, or does this turn out differently for G Fuel? I'll decode and answer that introductory question a bit later in this content, but just to kind of throw this initial point out, Cliff Morgan left investment banking to create the supplement brand Gamma Labs. So technically the company has had suits involved since day one. But since I know the bulk of my followers are spread across the CPG product categories and not just OG supplement industry bros like myself, it's probably beneficial to provide some background on Gamma Labs before I dive into the trending news. Gamma Labs began in 2004 by initially selling a natural testosterone booster called Gamma O. About six years later, the supplement brand launched its next product, a pre-workout powder called Pre-Training Formula, or better known as PTF. This is around the time that I first became aware of Gamma Labs attending fitness industry trade shows in the early 2010s when I worked at Muscle Farm and later with early J-Shaw Consulting clients, Gamma Labs always stuck out in my mind as this loud music playing brand with high energy booth presence. Because the source of these irregular interactions was within another like targeted consumer niche, I'm not sure I initially noticed the big strategic leap in 2012 that founder Cliff Morgan describes in interviews. As the story goes, a junior marketing employee at Gamma Labs was also a competitive Halo player and took the brand's pre-workout powder before gaming sessions. With a new version of the game dropping, Halo 4 I think it was, at midnight, and him knowing the GameStop territory manager in the Los Angeles area, he suggested it might be a great opportunity to sample out the PFT to the crowds of gamers waiting outside. Those people tried the pre-workout powder, 
loved it so much that they talked about it on Twitter, which in those early days were super powerful, and the gaming community decided to quickly purchase it online. That direct-to-consumer purchasing level in 24 hours was so extreme that it forced Cliff Morgan to relook at all of his strategies at Gamma Labs. That included swapping its traditional athlete and bodybuilder ambassador roster for YouTube gamers and tweaking the PTF pre-workout formula to better meet the needs of gamers and changing the product name to G Fuel. Now, does G Fuel stand for game, gamer fuel, or gamma fuel? Uh, we don't know, but it's hard for me to think that someone in the company wasn't influenced by Mountain Dew promoting the launch of the previous version of Halo, Halo 3, five years earlier with a new limited edition soda flavor called Game Fuel. But that's neither here nor there because I'm not the PepsiCo IP police. Yet Mountain Dew Game Fuel will make another appearance later in this content. Getting back on track though, over the next six to seven years, G Fuel dives deeper and deeper into supporting and being involved within various aspects of the gaming community. This is super important because one of the most overlooked barriers of entry in the esports and gaming market is community cost. Gamers want to support their own, so G Fuel doing the hard stuff that wasn't just the typical like buying a seat at the table big CPG move allowed the brand to become a pillar of the community. During that time frame, what was once a fringe consumer sector turned into a multi-billion dollar gaming ecosystem that without a doubt has now cemented itself as a straight up cultural phenomenon. That positive economic effect undoubtedly helped G Fuel as well as the supplement brand hit a run rate of $50 million by mid 2019. And this was also the same time G Fuel decided its brand and energy powder product awareness was strong enough to jump into the packaged functional beverage deep end, AKA the energy drinks market. If you've been an avid follower of my content since 2019, you likely remember that before the energy drink launch, I was one of the lone positive industry voices supporting this G Fuel strategic decision. With the Bang Energy effect in full swing and C4 Energy showing momentum from its launch a year earlier, the build a successful supplement brand first to essentially be the energy drink bank model was starting to prove out. The old head beverage community hate was primarily thrown at G Fuel over the decision to initially launch online only. See, beverage is about moving heavy liquid efficiently and energy drinks were impulse purchases that sold most when stocked at the closest point of need, convenience stores. I have no qualms about that, but in that 2019 content, I still threw jabs at these negative voices because they just didn't understand the nuanced power of e-commerce within the gaming community. Moreover, I stated Beverage 101 would initially not be a problem G Fuel couldn't overcome because almost all of the brand's revenue activity was already generated online. With the energy drink being both a natural on-brand product extension and energy drinks already being extremely popular with gamers, G Fuel could drive enough sales activity online to get valuable feedback before launching into physical retail. And that jump into physical retail triggered the next wave G Fuel could leverage its strong community of e-commerce gamer customers by asking them to head into the nearest store location and either buy G Fuel energy drinks if they were in stock or ask those store managers to stock the product. 
it would help build demand. And that kind of like sales or demand story could then be used to gain additional distribution. In that original content, again, I predicted that after the test launch, it would require patience because the energy drink category would continue fragmenting, gaming would continue maturing as an industry, and that would eventually become more attractive in the eyes of traditional beverage gatekeepers. I left that content with another prediction that to push forward as a viable energy drink competitor, G Fuel would need to land a strategic investment by one of the big beverage distributor networks relatively soon. And here's probably a good point to mention the trending news that sparked the inspiration for this content. On November 16th, G Fuel announced it received a significant cash investment from private equity firms, Kingswood Capital Management, and FirstBev. Precise terms of the eight-figure deal were not immediately released, but the deal provides significant growth equity for G Fuel. Alongside the investment, Brian Crawley, a seasoned CPG executive with previous stops at Casa Azul Spirits and Soylent, just to name a few, will take over as the new CEO of G Fuel. Current leadership members, including founder Cliff Morgan, are said to be continuing leadership roles within G Fuel. Those are just the kind of scant press release details outside of some additional kind of fluff from key stakeholders. But you guys know just sticking to that basic information isn't my style. So within the last section of this content, I want to get into the following items. Reconciliation of my 2019 predictions, breakdown of the viability of these like gaming or gamer-focused energy drinks, and what could be next for G Fuel after this strategic investment. Let's quickly talk about where I was kind of right or wrong four and a half years ago. I was correct that the bang energy effect would disrupt the energy drinks market as the functional beverage category continues to fragment. Additionally, I can thank the great lockdown for insane growth of the gaming industry. Yet, even those things being true and adding in this additional deal announcement, I'm not sure gamer-focused energy drinks have become more attractive in the eyes of traditional beverage gatekeepers. Have gamers continued to drink energy drinks at or above their previous consumption levels? Yes. Have traditional beverage gatekeepers with big pockets bought more seats at the proverbial esports tables? Yes. So what's going on here? Is the market attractiveness of gamer-focused energy drinks just not there yet? for these large beverage portfolios. The closest case study to help us like kind of answer this would be the recent PepsiCo decision to discontinue its Mountain Dew Game Fuel energy drink line. PepsiCo has something like two dozen billion dollar brands across its global beverage and snack empire, yet its Mountain Dew energy drink portfolio only did around $160 million or so annually. That's more revenue than G Fuel energy drinks generate currently, but Big CPG portfolios like PepsiCo have this like billion dollar brand or bust mindset. This might sound silly to early CPG entrepreneurs, but Big CPG is better off being really late to the party and overpaying to acquire proven brands or products compared to allocating massive internal resources to build unproven brands and products. So Maybe thinking G Fuel could change the market attractiveness of gamer-focused energy drinks in only about four and a half years was too unrealistic. I can vibe with that, but that's assuming G Fuel was the first gamer-focused energy drink. 
These niche-marketed energy drinks have been around since at least a decade earlier, with X-Fuel dubbing itself the energy drink for gamers in 2009. So how much more patience is required? Put this maybe another way, is the consumption of energy drinks by gamers in the United States market even in the billion dollar range today? Well, that would depend on what we're classifying as gamers. If we're talking about the estimated two thirds of the US population that would be considered a gamer, then yes. If we just look at the competitive gamer and or like diehard enthusiast portion, probably not. This is why a statement like G Fuel is the market leader in energy drinks targeting the gamer community is correct, but also misleading. Here's the strategic struggle for startup energy drink entrepreneurs looking to target this consumer cohort. Are a large enough percentage of those casual gamers picking up an energy drink that's specifically targeting gamers? I think the answer to that question is no. And that's why the market leading energy drinks consumed by gamers are the leaders in the entire energy drinks market, Red Bull and Monster Energy. It is also a primary reason why a brand like Ghost chose to simply create a FaZe Clan flavor of Ghost Energy and not launch a Ghost Gamer RTD in partnership with the esports lifestyle brand. But since I brought up FaZe Clan, maybe this is a good transition into what I was referring to in the introduction. By taking the significant cash investment from private equity firms that I've heard from sources close to the deal was for majority of the company and hiring a seasoned CPG executive, G Fuel invited the suits into its cool kids club. Will this result in a similar FaZe Clan-like collapse or will these decisions turn out differently for G Fuel? If you aren't familiar with that comparison, FaZe Clan started down a similar path in 2018 when it hired a seasoned entertainment executive and raised its first rounds of capital that eventually led them to announcing its intention of going public in October of 2021 and eventually going public. And I'm not saying G Fuel is heading towards that exit strategy. And I admit there are tons of nuance in the fall of the FaZe Clan story, but I want to focus on what I believe are the biggest applicable lessons for G Fuel. These private equity firms want to make a healthy ROI in a reasonable timeframe. They will have polished business statements published publicly like there's still so much untapped potential both for the category and the brand itself, but patience is typically not a strong suit of these private equity firms. So when things go sideways, will they be tempted to push G Fuel leadership towards quick brand dilutive decisions? Having the industry's largest and most passionate community of fans, customers, content creators, and partners is a double-edged sword effect. The gaming community can be quite fickle and are experts at sniffing out brands that aren't making an authentic proposition. So if the new team at G Fuel is perceived as taking advantage of the community, it will lose respect from it. Similarly, if G Fuel abandons the gaming community for larger mainstream wins elsewhere, it might make the brand bigger than it ever was, but it will also be smaller than it ever was. Without consistently reinforcing the meaning behind the brand and causing it to lose all of its culture that made it special, G Fuel will crumble from the inside out. So I'll leave you with something founder Cliff Morgan stated years ago. I want to take my time breaking into retail and get into the best relationships possible. I'm not in any huge rush, I don't need to take over the world tomorrow, I just need to take over the world. 
Let's hope this same methodology was followed when selecting investment partners, because G Fuel won't suddenly take over the world tomorrow, even with more money in the bank. But the brand might have a chance of taking over if they're extremely patient and allowing the power of generational change from gaming's ubiquity among young consumers to permeate across the market. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode. If you have any comments or questions about anything I discussed during it, open the podcast episode notes and click on any of my social media account links to reach out to me directly. 